I was going to preach this morning on the wonder and mystery of life. And the great thing is that it will still be there next week or the other week when we get back to that. Diane actually suggested I do that topic. And the transcending mystery and wonder of life is always there, even in difficult times. And that's a wonderful thing for us to be aware of, is that that beauty is always there. But it was a difficult week in the United States of America, and I felt the need to say something regarding that. And I remembered, I have a really clear memory in my life of being a freshman in college in 1968. I was freshman at a college called St. John's College in Annapolis, Maryland, just, I don't know, 30 or 40 miles from Baltimore. And this is the college that teaches the Great Books program. So it was really kind of an interesting, small, liberal arts college. And as I'm almost sure you know, that year, 1968, riots erupted in cities all over America uh, when Martin Luther King was assassinated. And I was in Annapolis at that time. Our small college, there were only about 300 students, and the college called a meeting of everyone in the community. All the faculty, the students, the staff, everyone came and it was small enough so we could all get in one room. And so we had a meeting to discuss what was going on at that time. It's 1968, Baltimore was burning. Baltimore burned for six days. And six people were killed during that time. And in my hometown, Chicago, there was also rioting going on, and Mayor Daley had famously given the order, shoot to kill. That was, that was the order he gave in the rioting, and that, if you're from Chicago, everybody knows that, that bit of history. So we gathered together, the whole community, everybody in one room, and everybody could speak. And I remember one faculty member in particular Now, this is a great books college, right? This is, you got to keep that in mind. One faculty member in particular who kept saying that the rioters needed to understand the need for social order, and he kept referring and basing that on an argument from Aristotle in the politics. And he kept saying that the rioters needed to understand that. Now, my roommate at the time, David Peck, a wonderful guy who died a few years later. I remember David standing up, passionately trying to explain to this faculty member where the rage was coming from. Not that he said it was a good thing, but just where it was coming from. And at the time, it seemed like the faculty member just didn't get what he was saying at all and kept talking about Aristotle. And I remember, and this is a clear moment in my life, when I lost some confidence in this great books program that I was involved in. And I remember saying to myself, how can this man who is so wise just not even, you know, sort of see what's going on? not, Not approval, but just to understand where all this passion and feeling was coming from. And I, I remember being disappointed that night 
and walking away feeling, I don't, I don't think this guy is terribly wise. It's one of those memories that's remained strong after all these years. Martin Luther King said, a riot is the language of the unheard. A riot is the language of the unheard. I'm, I'm sure Dr. King was not in any way endorsing rioting, not in the slightest, or saying that it was a good thing. Surely someone who spent his entire life preaching nonviolence would not suddenly say that violence is a good thing. Not very likely. But what he was saying, I think, is that when people's voices are not heard over a long period of time, then it isn't totally surprising that the frustration will eventually lash out in ways that express this deep pain and frustration. Does that excuse a riot? No, it doesn't. But it should certainly tell us that listening to the voices of the unheard, to hear what they have to say, is a far better path than waiting for the riot to break out. Our country is deeply involved in a painful growth process right now around issues of justice. We are really in the middle of it right now. It's a multi-dimensional process that involves a number of different elements, policing techniques, the court system, drug laws, the business of incarceration, and the availability of jobs. But above all, it's about equal justice. Really, that's the core of the issue that's being intensely debated right now, intensely. Do we have equal justice in our country? I wish I could say that we do, but unfortunately the facts do not support that conclusion. I won't go into those arguments today, but if any, and I have done that a couple times, if anybody wants to talk about why I think that's true, just come on over and let's just talk. Let's just have a good, it's, it's, it's borne out by the data that our justice system discriminates. I just tell you that with sadness, but I don't think one can arrive at any other conclusion after looking at the data. So now, we have a string of deaths of unarmed black men at the hands of police, some of them boys, actually. So why are these events popping up now? Why haven't we known about this before? Did it just start happening right now, or did we know about it? I have two words for you. Video cameras. That's the technological change that has taken place here, is that things are being taped. And that has changed the game. That has changed the game. Events are being recorded, and now the pattern is before the public eye in a very immediate way, and it can't be ignored. It's on the news, and everyone sees it, and the tapes get played over and over again. So now we have a string of incidents popping up about every couple weeks, it seems, of incidents that look to many 
Americans like the unjustified shooting of unarmed black boys and men. And of course, not everybody sees that the same way, and there's huge discussion about that. So now we are in this evolving process of how these incidents will be handled. And every time one of them happens, we think, what's gonna, what's gonna happen this time? How will it be handled? What, what will the justice system do? Would it, will anybody be arrested? Will anybody be charged? Will anybody be convicted? Will, will it all be just go away in two weeks? What will happen? Just two days ago, for the first time in any of these incidents, six police officers have been charged. And this is a game changer. And when I say that, I don't know whether they're guilty or not. I'm not making any judgment about whether they are guilty or innocent. But the fact that there have been charges completely changes the, the game that's going on. It's a different move. It's like somebody just went, you know, bishop to king five. It's a new event that happened. That's different. The criminal justice system is viewed with enormous skepticism within the African American community. I know almost everybody in this room knows that already. That within the African American community, there is no trust whatsoever that the criminal justice system will yield justice. People, they don't even have that expectation many. So when this happened, there's a sense of hope within that community. And again, those officers are deserving of their time to explain as well and be treated with full rights and justice. Some people have said that the reason they've been charged is because the state's attorney is black. It's a black woman of 35 years of age. And so some people have said, well, that's why they got charged. Everybody can see that, according to some voices. Now, if that is true, let's suppose for a moment that that is why, because she's black. If we went down that line of thinking, then what would we have to say about all the parade of white state's attorneys who didn't charge? Would we say the same thing? That that's why no charges were filed? So I don't think we want to go down that road, or we may have to consider that it's partially true, but it's very complex. The actions and reactions are very complex and they're filled with feelings about things that have built up over decades and actually centuries. So it's very, it's, the, every move is, has overtones that come from all these different patterns and events. And as this evolution, I think we're on an evolutionary path. I really do. I think this is moving towards hopefully something good. As this path takes its course, there will be lots of situations where different people will perceive reality differently. They will have a different perception 
of what's happening. They'll look at this and say, it's like the elephant. Some people are going to look at it and say, it's a tree trunk. And somebody else is going to look at it and say, it's a hose. And it's, not only is it a hose, it's obvious that it's a hose. Some people are going to grab that ear and say it's a fan. And so this is going to be part of the process. This spectrum of perceptions about what happened in a certain event. We are all in that story, by the way. We are all in that story, at least as observers. We're at least villagers, unless we know absolutely nothing, and then that's a role too. Let me tell you how that works. If you had a cousin when you were growing up, and every year on your birthday, that cousin would come to visit for your birthday party, and then later that day, that cousin would beat you up. Let's suppose you had a cousin. like I know you don't, but <laughs> suppose every birthday you had, the family would come over, and that cousin would get you alone and beat you up. Okay? Now, later in life, it's your birthday and somebody surprises you and they start walking towards you with a birthday cake. That might see like, seem like a wonderful thing, wouldn't it? And yet, if you were that person, that birthday cake would not look good to you. That birthday cake would be reminding you that you might get beat up later in the day. You see how that works? And we all have these kinds of associations about things. Somebody say, that's a wonderful thing. It's a birthday cake. Isn't it beautiful? Not to me it isn't. Uh-uh. And so when a police officer walks up to one person, he might look like Officer Friendly. Come to take care of us. But if that same police officer walks up to another person, he, look, he might look like a white racist who might kill me. That's a difference in perception of reality that is part of our life. One of the casualties of a bias system is distortion of perception. Distortion of perception. And all of us probably have a somewhat distorted perception about our current criminal justice system, just like the people in the elephant story. We look at it and we see something different, depending upon who we are. We're going to have to grow into the truth, event by event, video by video, trial by trial, march by march. It will be an evolving process on this road to justice. Right now, the, the death of Freddie Gray is forcing us to look at the world with new eyes. We have to. We have to think something about it. We are looking for the glasses that will give us a true picture, the clear, unbiased glasses of justice. I'm going to share with you today what I think needs to happen on the road. You are free to disagree. Be glad to talk anytime. 
But because I think it's good to put ideas on the table, I'm going to tell you what I think needs to happen. First of all, we need a serious and far-reaching reform in the world of policing. That's one of them. I continue to believe that most police officers are very decent people who take their jobs seriously and want to do good. Somebody came up to me after my last sermon when I said that and said to me, I want you to understand that they're not all like that. So it's good to acknowledge that because there, there are people in police work who should not be there or do not have their head right. But I think a great majority of them are good people trying to do a difficult job. But the way policing takes place in our country needs a complete audit and overhaul. The way we do that work. And equality of treatment has to be the standard, along with honoring human rights and civil rights for everyone. And this, this has got to happen. And I would suggest to you that it's already underway. It's all, this is already underway. And so that's a good thing. It's a horrible thing that we're going to keep having grieving moments, but it's happening. Secondly, our system of courts and laws stands in need of overhaul as well. Our failed drug laws that have added perhaps a million additional prisoners to our prison systems, giving us the highest prison population in the world, both in actual numbers and percentage of population. Those drug laws have put all these young people away, mostly black and brown men, even though their drug use is not greater than white people. That system needs to be completely reformed. And that is underway too. And all kinds of people are calling for reform of drug laws, uh, Democrats and Republicans. This approach to drug use and max uh, minimum sentencing has failed our country miserably. And the criminal justice system stands in dire need of equality in how people are charged how plea bargaining takes place, sentencing, and what happens to people when they get out. And that reform is underway too. That is happening. That is hap it's not happening as fast as it should, but it's happening. Third, we need genuine economic opportunity for all our citizens. Genuine economic opportunity means decent housing, health care, and schools for everyone as a baseline for every citizen, and real job opportunities for all who want to work. That's a tough one. There is a theory in our society that large and small corporations can provide enough jobs for everyone, but that is not true. And it doesn't happen. In hard times, corporations cut jobs. That's what they do. It's not because they're bad 
or they're evil, but that's what the economic equation tells them to do. So in hard times, corporations lay people off. They don't hire extra people to fix the social problem. It'd be an interesting idea. If we could get a company like Caterpillar, and I'm not bad-mouthing Caterpillar, but just think, could we get Caterpillar to agree to hire 5,000 new people every year, even during recessions, and sign a statement of they would not do that. That's not the way capitalism works, is it? That's just not the way it works. And it, it doesn't mean that they're bad people that they won't do it, but what it does mean is that we cannot rely on corporations to bring the United States out of unemployment problems because it just isn't rational to think that that would happen. And so there are tons of in infrastructure work out there that we could do, and we could put millions back to work. We will not be a just society until we do this, until there are jobs available for everyone who wants to work. And last, we need to talk about personal responsibility, which is a favorite word of conservatives, which I, one of the issues I think they're right about. We all have a personal responsibility. Police, young people, black, brown, and white people, Teachers, politicians, churches, mosques, and synagogues. We all have to play our role. We are all in the game. We may say that we don't have a role to play in this. We may say that we don't have a role. But actually, that means we are taking on the role of the people who say they don't have a role. So that is our role. If we choose that path, we've decided to play that part. We can do much better than that. There are wonderful roles we can play, and we all need to find our roles. I believe that our tradition and our faith calls us to be champions of civil rights. I believe that is part of our tradition. The people who went to Selma, the people who went for voting rights, throughout the, the, the UUSC people who went to Germany and pulled children out of Nazi Germany. That, that is our tradition. And I believe that that is our role. Part of that role is to become more sensitive and socially aware participants in this evolving drama that's taking place. Part of what we need to do is understand things better, what's going on, and become more sensitive to how issues of race and class and privilege work out in our culture so that we can participate in a knowledgeable way. And one of the things I'm going to do as a result of what's going on is I'm going to create some opportunities for us to do that, some educational opportunities for us to become more sensitive as not just observers, but participants as well, so that when we do something, we have a better chance of doing something helpful. You don't need to look at it right this moment, but when you leave, you will notice that there's a green sheet of paper in your program that has a whole list of things anybody can do, organizations you can contact, there's, there's, I put a bunch of movies in there. You could start by watching about three of those movies. If you watch three of those movies on that list, it'll change the way you look at the world. 
See how easy you can get started. I am going to try to help this community find ways to grow on this path. And we will let you know about opportunities. The arc of the moral universe is bending at this moment in the United States of America. The arc of the moral universe is bending. And as it bends toward justice, often painfully, we can hear it making a moaning and groaning noise. We can hear it crying out. We can hear the squeaking and shrieking of that huge arc as it bends ever so slowly, maybe, but moving toward justice. It is happening in our country, slowly but surely. Our role is to help this moral transformation to take place, to stand up for justice, to do everything we can to minimize the pain and the casualties of this struggle, to comfort those who suffer losses, to stand up for every person's rights, all the young people distracted by despair into violence, all the police officers trying their best to do their jobs, and all the moms and dads grieving their children killed in the struggle. We support all of those people on this path towards justice. We have to help find the way. We have to do our part. We have to be on the side of healing. We have to be on the side of love. A movement towards justice in our country is unfolding before our eyes. We cannot sit still on the sidelines. There aren't any sidelines. We are part of the struggle. So let us be on the way.